Hello and welcome everyone. Once again, we're back to talk some sports with you on this mild August afternoon. Uh, August the 14th, in fact, Monday, 2023. My name is Jason. That's Polly. How's it going, guys? And that's Ben. How's it going, everybody? And this is the Walnut Sports Network Weekly Podcast. Find us on Twitter at WSN Weekly. And we've got sports to talk with you. Uh, we've got baseball still going on. It seems to never end. Uh, we've got the World Cup getting into the semis. We've got some basketball stuff that happened. we got football coming up. So, Paulie, take us away. Where are we at this week? All right. Uh... Ben, do you want to get us started? Uh, just uh, Brewers had a nice week last week. Uh, some, uh, I think, three overtime games in a row, or was it just two, or was it feel like three? Uh, Brewers had a had nice three week. Straight. Three okay. straight. Over, uh, yeah, extra inning games for sure. Um, got the sweep of the White Sox over the weekend, which was really – Nice because their schedule coming up is uh, very, Brutal. very tough. Uh, so nice to get that sweep. Sitting at 65 and 54, what were your impressions of them over the week? Um, I mean, they they came to Chicago and they, you know, won those close games. Uh, it, it, was, it kind of sucked that they had to be all close games because – you know, you just want them to break out and just kind of have, like, a really dominant series besides just, you know, winning by a few runs every time. But it still wins a win. And, um, you know, getting Woodruff back uh, has been huge. Um, and he's just going to get better. Um, and then, you know, just the bats, you know, feel like they came alive at the right moments. It's those, final, those times where you feel like, all right, this is what you wait for. Like, in game 100 and... 15 or something like that. And, like, you know, whatever, 110. But, yeah, it just feels like that they are, you know, they're really great, but now it's going to be the true test off day today. Tomorrow starts, you know, we got the Rangers and the Dodgers coming up here, Dodgers first, and it's just, uh, oh, you know, it's just going to be tough. Those are two leaders of the division, uh, two of the hottest teams. Uh, Twins are in there. Uh, also correct. I mean, I know they're yeah, they, they are. Um, but again, I just yeah, they're still a division leader though. So yep, division leader is another one there. So yeah, it's just like uh, a lot to be uh, a lot of question marks are going to finally be answered. I think is the pitching going to be enough? Are the bats going to finally come alive and stay alive? You know, because you're not going to win close games against these three opponents. I don't feel like, especially when you're in you know L.A or Texas or Minneapolis. So, yep. um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be a big test. Uh, they really, like I said, the last few series, it was great uh, playing, you know, those teams that were on for under 500, but we didn't produce as well as I thought we would have. So it's now it's, it's, it's showtime. So uh, we're getting that final stretch of, we got to show the rest of the league that we can play with the big boys. And, and if we can't, then I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be tough, especially, um, you know, the wild cards are going to be filling up. We leave the division now, but just, you know, I say we're running out of time, but we always aren't because it's baseball. There's like, you know, 40 some games left, but um, it's dwindling down and we need to 
yeah, we're down to the, about about fifty games for all these teams. So <laughs> listen to um, yourselves. Yeah. Saying fifty <laughs> games is getting down to the end. I mean, I mean, I try not to. Okay, look, I try not to talk so much crap about baseball, especially on the show. But I just, I couldn't. I'm sorry, I can't help myself this time. We're getting down there. There's only fifty games left. It's like. <laughs> Over half an NBA season. Well, that's yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's that way, but these games are like a dime a dozen. Though, yeah, right? it's yeah. Just compared with anything it's, else, I mean, if you're looking at it, you're looking at the final like five or six games in the NFL season, which is pretty crucial. Yes, in absolutely. A way. It's just funny um, to funny to hear it said out loud that it, way. Sure, <laughs> sure. It, it, now that now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Um, did, before we move on uh, quickly, I would. Did either of you guys see that uh, article uh, that uh, Tom Verducci wrote for SI today about uh, Council having the best win percentage in baseball history with one-run uh, games? No, really? I did not see that. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's a neat little stat. See, this, that's what yeah. baseball is full of that stuff. Like, I remember... Tim Kirchin. You guys remember Tim Kirchin? I don't know if he's still, oh, yeah. he's still, oh, he's still yeah. working. He's still on every day. Okay. He's yep. on every day. Yep. He uh he had this uh diatribe about how baseball is unique in that way with statistics because when like you you a, a big time football fan outside of a guy like, you know, Rich Eisen where he just like remembers everything cuz he's a freak. <laughs> you know, <laughs> outside of those kinds of guys, like you don't have these statistical like it, stats aren't so ingrained into the into the fandom of the sport as it is in baseball. Like all these like weird obscure stats like you're like you just said, like like you know, Craig Council has the highest winning percentage with one run games. Like who even looks that up? You know who? Baseball fans. And part of it, as Tim Kirchin posits, is that when when especially I don't know of how much it happens these days, but back in the day when you and your dad in the sixties and stuff would go to a baseball game, you part of like the program that you would get when you got there was like an empty box score and you would fill it in as, as the game was played. And it would be part of like the experience of the game is almost like taking a bowling score while you're doing it, marking strikes and balls, marking all these things, pitch counts, you know, like, and it's just funny. Like there's baseball is the only sport that has something like that. Yeah. They don't, and so then you come, and that's how you come up with dudes writing articles about some weird, obscure stat that, and mm-hmm. it's actually like engaging because that's the way baseball is. It's yep. just, isn't that funny? When, oh, yeah. when I, when I was, when I was in high school, I had a job as a, uh, uh, scorekeeper for the local, uh, softball, uh, rec league and it was it was fun i learned i mean i learned a lot about stats because i kept the stats for the games Mm -hmm. and it was it was fun i mean and yeah like you said baseball is the one sport that uh because of its nature 
statistics are very important and there's any kind of stat you would ever want could ever think of is out there yeah so. and somebody's looked it up like that's the thing like they have all these stats for other sports obviously like you, every once in a while somebody comes through with some bill belichick's you know winning percentage you know like has similar mm. somebody will come up with that like in game when he wears and... this gray sweater he is 32 and old right but they'll <laughs> just know, on like... sunday nights after 4 p.m but they'll in in those cases in these other sports they just mention it like offhandedly during the game like oh uh, fun fact this that nah, nah. anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and blah 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 anyway whereas in baseball it's like I'm going to write a scholarly 600 word column <laughs> about this, <laughs> this tiny obscure stat. Like it's just funny how ingrained into the enjoyment of the game that these statistics are. It's like, you got to keep the writing. Like it's still 1883. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, no, let's be proper. And it has to be oh, yeah. <laughs> accurate. And like, well, written, you know, like just, yeah, you're, I know you're, I know exactly what you're saying. And they you know, like if you read a Tim Ur- Kirchner article today, it's the same exact way, you know, as it always was. <laughs> yeah. Little Tim Kirchner. Yep, he's oh, he's great. Tim Kirchner's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, looking at the divisions, uh, really nothing has changed since last week. Uh, Dodgers are starting to run away with the West. Uh, Atlanta is running away with the East. Uh the Brewers are three and a half up on Cincy and Chicago, and we had mentioned that oh, yeah, they're tied. Uh, they have a big test coming up the next couple weeks, so we will see where they stand at the end of it. Uh, Baltimore, three-game lead on the Rays. Uh, the Blue Jays falling behind a little bit. Uh, Rangers and Astros still uh Two and a half games up, Rangers are, but uh, Houston's not going away. I mean, that's going to be a battle to the end. Uh, Twins have a little separation on the Guardians. And then taking a look at the wild card quick, because we haven't really done that so far. Uh, In the National League, the Phillies, the Giants, uh, the Marlins... Uh, Cubs and Reds are all within a game of each other. Uh, Tampa Bay and Houston uh, lead, have the uh, top two, and then it's Toronto. Uh, the uh, Seattle has been coming on strong uh, lately. Lost their last two, but they're eight and two in their last ten. Uh, game and a half back. And then Boston and the Yankees are sitting there yet. Uh, Angels, uh, they had a little bit of a strong stretch there right before the deadline, but they're starting to fade again. Uh, They're really missing Trout. Uh, Shohei missed his, or is going to miss his next start, so... I think they're pretty much out of it at this point. Uh, anything like surprising to you guys? Any surprise teams that you guys have that you guys are looking at or for the wild I mean, card? Not really. I mean, it's all just pretty much like you said. Nothing's really changed, and um, pretty yeah. much if if you're not in the central in any division, you're running away with it. If they're the top team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
you know, in the central, who, you know, who knows <laughs> Still, <laughs> overall, if you really want to get down the breast test, but um, again, having the third wildcard team will always puts a big spin on things. So, I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, that another team can sneak in there and who knows if they can make a run. There's been a lot of teams in the past. who have been, you know, the final team to get in and they've made it to the world series. And, you know, so yeah, I just feel like it's just kind of who's there is there. I don't know. I don't really see a lot changing. Um, for me what about you jason anything there in the wild card i think this whole seattle thing is pretty sexy they're in a division where the two leaders are pretty much the leaders and they're only a game and a half out of that wild card spot at since then eight and two in the last 10 they've been hot as anybody since the all-star break or i'm sorry since the trade deadline I think they could sneak in to the wild card. Seattle doing it twice. I, I I believe it. I believe in them. Go Seattle. That's that's what I'm doing now. Baltimore, you guys are leading your division. You got three games up. I think you guys will be fine. I got to switch over to rooting for Seattle and make sure they make it into the playoffs. I like it. I like it. I'm on board yeah. with that. Yep, yeah, I could see that for sure. Go right. Mariners. Go Mariners. Mm-hmm. The legend of King, King Felix. Lives <laughs> on. Mm-hmm. They got to win some games for all the ones they should have won with him. Ugh. How many, how many one, there's a stat. How many one nothing games did Felix Hernandez win? <laughs> Maybe, maybe Let's we'll look that up. We'll look on that Twitter, up for, on the Twitter page. Yeah. We'll, we'll look that up for next week <laughs> yeah. for you guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, we have, again, uh, the U.S. Uh, bowed out against Sweden uh, about a week ago. Uh, disappointing. But we do have this Australian team. That is uh, set to play England in the second semifinal match. The home team, I can't even imagine the celebration that happened in Australia when they won their quarterfinal game. The other one, we have Sweden and Spain. Uh, Sweden, the big favorite in that one, and really the favorite to win it all. They're back line has been extraordinarily strong this tournament not really allowing anything i mean they they're letting teams have possession they're just they they just don't let anyone score so <laughs> yeah i mean i i i'm thinking sweden's probably the favorite and the this australian team is definitely the uh uh the favorite in the hearts of many and we'll see if they can get past England but uh quickly what are your thoughts uh Jason start with you about the this semifinal coming up here starting I believe it's three o'clock this morning yeah yeah it starts in like you know three plus so like nine eight nine hours um Sweden took out my darling Japan. That made me sad. Yep. But, you know, uh, Spain looking very good. Uh, 
But yeah, Sweden's so strong. I still think this is England's to lose now that the U.S. is out. Uh, I know a lot of people are on Sweden and they're great and all, but I think England takes this one. Australia, it's you know, it's a nice run and beating France close as they did with penalty kicks and all like that's that was nice it's cool you guys made a nice yeah, run very, very very similar to the u.s uh sweden game actually zero mm-hmm. zero after extra time and yep. then uh extra penalty kicks so yeah uh sorry continue Jason. no yeah i just i was pretty much done i just it's been a nice run for australia but i i mean yeah go australia go home team and like like you say i think these that's the team people are rooting for but <laughs> England's if it weren't you know if it weren't uh the US's tournament to lose beforehand, it would have been England's. So I I yeah, I think England takes this one out. What do you think, Ben? I'm sticking with Australia because obviously if they take out England, they're gonna win the whole thing in my mind because that's yeah. that's the ultimate test right there. So but that's gonna be super hard. I'm gonna stick with Australia though. Um, winning it at least to get in, and hopefully the whole thing. But I mean, I think Sweden will beat Spain. But uh, I mean, if, if Sweden gets there too against England, we'll just say if that happens, I'd be. That, I'd have, that'd I have. I mean, that'd be match. it'd be big, huge, and I mean that could that could easily happen. So, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna think I'm just gonna stick with Australia. Um, because why not? Let's do the home team. Let's. They shocked the world once. Let's keep shocking them. Yeah. Why the hell not? Yep. <laughs> my 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 heart says Australia, but my head says Sweden's going to take this. So, uh, Jason, you have England. Mm-hmm. I have Sweden. Ben, you have the home team, Australia. Uh, was there any results on the Twitter page from our fans? Anything? Uh, no, nothing. Uh... Oh boy! Now I get to tell the world that nobody responded to our tweet. <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks like it was just a tie. It was a three-way tie between all of our choices. Okay. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So nobody's well, winning. Yep, nobody <laughs> won. That's it. Yep, that's it. It's gonna be zero-zero <laughs> after twenty penalty kicks. Yeah, and they're gonna say, you know what, everyone wins, and then all the teams <laughs> will come back, and then they all have a big party. We all won. <laughs> all right, uh, nah. so we shall see what happens there again. About eight nine hours away from the first uh, from Sweden Spain, so if you uh, can stay up for it, uh, good luck to you. Uh, I unfortunately have to work tomorrow morning, so I will not be staying up for that, but I will see the highlights, and we shall see what happens. Uh, We had the uh, newest class of the NBA and the WNBA. Well, I think it's, I guess it's the same uh, Hall of Fame for both. Mm. Uh, we had the class of 2023 inducted on Saturday, a truly historic class. Uh, Dirk Nowinski, Tony Parker, Paul Gasol, uh, Dwayne Wade, Becky Hammond, 
and Greg Popovich all made it into the Hall of Fame. Uh, ben, do you want to start us off? Where where does where does this class sit uh, historically, and just how? I mean, look at looking at the next few years. There's, I mean, Joe Johnson is out there. There's really not a whole lot out there. So this class really, truly, it was historic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody on there is pretty much been epic and you know an epic player coach whatever has been you know my whole lifetime so it's cool to see them all go in and feel like you actually grown you know what grew up with them or watch them play or watch them coach because you know some of those older classes you might have only known so you know so many people or watched so many games and of course back in the day it was harder too because we don't have the entertainment we have now so yeah it was just pretty great these the speeches were amazing uh very inspirational, very, uh, very happy, very sad. It was, uh, everybody did a really good job. Um, and it was cool to see like Dwayne Wade and Dirk get in there. Cause you know, they had a championship they played against each other, which was, you know, kind of a cool thing too to have that kind of perspective. Um, and then having like, you know, Tony Parker, Becky Hammond and Popovich all going together, you know, with some kind of ties, of, you know, all have ties to Spurs. So that was kind of cool to hear their stories and, I mean, yeah, I just the, the Spurs have ties with basically everyone. Everybody now, yeah. Last twenty years, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and then the fact that you know, like Paul Gasol um, getting in, talking about Kobe, you know, just it was just it was really good all around. And um, I, yeah, I, it was thought, just I thought that phenomenal. was a beautiful speech about Kobe. That really yeah. was. So just uh, overall, I just thought it was it was just really great, um, and. Uh, you know, I don't really usually watch a lot of the speeches every year for those kind of things, but this year I paid more attention just because, again, it was just more nostalgic. It was more, I, you know, I know these people. It's just amazing. They watched them from beginning to now, unbelievable, and uh, they all deserve it. So kudos to them. What do you think, Jason? What do you think overall? I mean, what else can you say? Like, that was everybody, right? From that point, from mm-hmm. the, from like what 10 years ago ish like if you think about basketball 10 years ago those were the guys those were all the guys i mean (laughs) the spurs like and they were all the those were the teams that won championships 10 years ago those are the guys that aren't playing anymore that were on those teams the mavs the spurs the the heat like it just no i don't yeah None of those, they're all resounding like, yes, you know, you're not like, uh, should Greg Popovich get into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I don't know. Like, they're <laughs> yeah. all just, right? They're all just like, obviously, yes, all of those they're people They're all slam dunks, if we have to say it, right? There slam you go. Dunks. Yes, they're all slam dunks. So, I mean, what's to say other than, like, job well done to the committee, uh, you know, and congratulations to everybody who got in because you all, you all deserved it. So there, that's what I have to say about it. Yeah, the the committee the committee did not have a very hard job this year. No, no, they did not. <laughs> and I'm trying to find it. There we go. Uh, the the point I brought up earlier is uh, so eligible 2024 Vince Carter, 
probably a first ballot yeah, Hall of Famer. He's in. Uh, Amar Amari Stardemeyer. I just I just looked at this because you brought it up. I'm like I'm just gonna pop it up real quick, and I saw Vince Carter. I'm like, yep. And then I'm like, everyone else is like, uh, what about yeah. 2025? I didn't because <laughs> I, I was like, eh. but yeah, keep going. I know. What um, you're looking Ma- at. Ma- uh, 2026, uh, Mellow, obviously a first ballot. Yeah. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. He kind of yeah. along the same lines as Stoudemire. A lot of injuries, unfortunately, in Portland. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and he. And then, I mean, he played well in in San Antonio too, but it didn't really translate to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Could good, have. good, good player, good yeah. career, but Hall of Famer for sure. I don't know, not probably not first ballot. Yeah, down um, the road though, then, for sure. Uh, some of the holdovers that they have, uh, Michael Cooper, uh, big part of that uh, '80s uh, Lakers team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. Yeah, I mean, especially if the classes the next couple years are kind of weaker, I could see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Johnson had a strong career but again one of those kind of yeah, i don't know if i could say he's a hall of famer like it's on the edge yeah, yeah i couldn't tough. i couldn't i don't think i just yeah i don't think i could and then uh, a couple kind of uh six man types horace grant and sean marion uh both integral parts of great teams but again he, I'd say sure. Horace Grant over any of the other guys you've already mentioned that were borderline. Like, I I would say the same thing. Just because he he did it for two teams, you know, and for a long time, like there he didn't drop off. Like he was strong, like his whole career. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe not as like towards the end end, but like he had that so that <laughs> career renaissance in o- Orlando. I think that that is what makes him like kind of like a little more than borderline. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. But again, some good players, uh, Mello and uh, Vince Carter definitely getting in, but. Mm-hmm. Some borderline guys the next few years, and then uh, we'll see. I mean, there's guys at the edge of retirement that are definitely going to get in. It's it's going to be a few years, but uh, that's kind of a look at what's coming up the next few years for the NBA Hall of Fame. Uh, quickly, I wanted to uh, discuss this uh, uh, this rant that. James Harden went on in China earlier today calling uh, Daryl Morey a liar and twice, really, I mean, repeated it. Uh, Jason, what what did you think about that? Well, uh, well, let, let's uh, back up a little bit. Let the people know what did, what did he what was he referring to? Like, what's the whole story with that that came out? Because not I, everybody from, who's listening might know what, what From From what I've heard, he wants a long-term contract, and Philly doesn't look like wants to give it to him. 
and he also has that trade recross out there and they're waiting to see what kind of deal they can get. I think he's, I, I haven't heard the full story, but I think he's just frustrating with the whole situation. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think what it is, is that he is upset with the whole sign and trade thing. Like when it happened, it just seemed weird. If you want out so bad and you're going to do them the favor of signing with them so they will trade you, what's to stop them from not trading you, dude? Like, it just seemed kind of dumb at the time. And I think he probably signed it, you know, and, you know, trusted Philly to be like, yeah, we'll trade you. Don't worry. And then they're just like, eh, we're not really getting what we want. You know, we're not getting what we want as far as offers go. So, yeah, we're probably not going to trade you. And he's like, well, what the hell? You said, you know, so he's probably, that's probably, if I had to wager, I guess, I would say that's what's, that's what he's upset about. That's why he's calling Daryl Morey a liar, because you told me he was going to trade me, and now you're not. So, what does it mean for Can the I- sick? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I got two cents for you for that. Um, Chris Paul also had an article that came out how Daryl Morey lied to him exa- as well three years ago in Houston when he got traded to OKC. So I'm just, it's weird that now there's other stories coming out with other people having problems with Terrell Morey. I understand it is weird to sign them trade and you're not getting all you know, things that you keep. I mean, it's signed. It, it sucks that they keep you, but that can be part of that deal. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess there's going to be, I don't know if there's other stories coming out, but I just think it's interesting now that other people have had these same kind of quote unquote lies with Terrell Morey. I think James Harden just wants to be James Harden. This is nothing new him talking out about things mm-hmm. and him being mad and whatnot. Um, I just think, if anything, this is going to throw off the whole 76ers and Embiid and all that whole thing because, mm-hmm. you know, if this is going to start a huge problem in Philadelphia, that's going to be a big story than just, you know, I hate Daryl Morey or whatever <laughs> back and forth yeah. because I don't – I mean, I don't think a lot of people like Daryl Morey, honestly – um, but he's there and he's the guy who decides where you're going. And yeah, I couldn't believe that he signed to begin with, but I just feel like both sides are pretty much, you know, not helping out at all. I, 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 um, the whole I, situation. I, feel, I feel like both sides just want this over. They just don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, I think, I think part of it is like, there's just, there's not out like the demand for James Harden just isn't out there. No, like, nobody wants him. Like James Harden's like, I trade don't... me. And the Sixers are like, dude, nobody wants you. Like if they're yeah. going to, they're making offers that are just like, nothing. you know, nothing. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> who, who wouldn't want to play with James Harden? And it's like, dude, a lot of me. people wouldn't want to play with James Harden. Me. Like for real, man, it's done. But Daryl Morey has like had been with this man before for years, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's another thing. How this is not this can't be too shocking on both sides either, you know. They've yeah. dealt with their personalities before, you know. So it's just it's just well, it's, I, I, I want to say it's classic Harden, classic Morey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's basically what it is. I, I was going to mention that Ben. It's not like these guys are strangers to each other. I no, mean, not at all. Yeah. yeah. Like it just, just showed up, and this is like we've only been there for two months, and you know, I don't know you. Oh, this sucks. No, we've known for years and years. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. get it. Uh, just uh, more NBA uh, 
Drama. Drama, Drama. for your mama. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we'll so we'll see what happens there. Uh, we still have uh, uh, Dame Lillard out there uh, languishing, languishing in Portland. Help! Somebody <laughs> help! Anybody? I saw I, I read do, on the news they said they trade me. But what's I do on? think he will be traded before the season starts. But I think Portland just. It's so funny though. The I mean, story just died. It just again. died. I'm just imagining. <laughs> at all. I'm just imagining like Philly sign, like you know, James Harden. Yeah, well, if you sign with us, we'll trade you. Don't worry. Like, okay, cool. And then Philly calls Portland, and they're like, "Hey, yeah. dude, we'll give this you James is- Harden for Jamie Little. It'll be sweet." And Portland's like, "No, we're not uh, doing that." And Philly's like, like, "Oh." No. Really? Oh, shit. Because we uh, just we re-signed tried. Harden and we thought we were going <laughs> to trade him. Yeah, man. We, we can't give you... We're not giving you Dame Lillard for James Harden. No, not in a million years. Like, oh, well, are you sure? Yes, yes. I'm... Yes, we're very, very sure. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, so, so, James, what's up? What's up, <laughs> So, suit up, buddy. Hey, I found a team for you, James. <laughs> and guess what? It's in your locker room, buddy. You don't even have to move. (laughs) Nope. Your kids can stay in the same school. It'll be great. Super great. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, So we have a couple months before the NBA starts back up. Uh, Still got some drama out there. We'll see what happens. But... uh, we're going to let the NBA rest for uh, now. And Jason, do you want to get us started on our big show here? The uh... the big show, the 2023 Walnut Sports Network NFL preseason preview. Week two. Week two. That's right. All right. We had... Uh, Every team had their first preseason game. Uh, again, it's the preseason. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot you can really learn until the the first week, especially. I mean, you have good performances, you have bad performances, but it, the games don't matter. It's guys are trying to f- make a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with uh, the. Packers uh, played Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow obviously did not play because he is currently injured. Uh, Jamar Chase did not play at all, but Jordan Love did play two series. Was 7 for 10 for 46 yards. Had a nice touchdown to Romeo Dobbs. Um, missed Luke Musgrave on a deep pass down the sideline. Uh, he is, to his credit, he has uh, talked about that missed throw. He's not hiding from it. He knows he messed up, and he'll do better next time. But, uh, Ben, what was your uh, thought about the Packers' first uh, showing of the season? Um. Well... Yeah, Jordan Love looked, you know, 
pretty good out there uh, for the two series he played. Um, you know, seven for ten, forty-six yards, a TD, no picks. Um, yeah, he missed a few few passes. Uh, I think he had one down the sideline to uh, Christian Watson as well that got hit yeah. by the safety, which was a good pass, good play on the safety. So, um, but yeah, I talked about that one too. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looked good. He looked up. Uh, he looked comfortable. I thought too. He looked uh, tall. He he uh, he didn't look like he was jittery at all, or like uh, you know, he stood strong in the pocket, delivered strong passes, moved well. Um, so I mean, for the for a very small sample uh, in the preseason against the second string defense of the Bengals, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, but I'm hoping he's still gonna you know play every preseason day, game just to keep getting some more reps under him, not just like, you know, sit him down at some point. So I'm hoping that keeps coming, but he looked good. Um, and just looking forward to <laughs> more football, obviously, just like you guys. Yep. So. Uh, we do have to talk about, uh, uh, apologize. Uh, uh, our new kickers, uh, and Andrews, Andrus, uh, Missed two uh, extra points. Uh, not a good luck for his first game. Uh, a little concerning. I mean, that can be fixed, obviously, but he hasn't really had a good offseason so far either. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah. Mason Crosby, I'm sure the Packers still have his number. So... We'll yeah, see we'll, we'll see. Goes. And they might call somebody else first, but yeah, they have the number. But yeah. <laughs> he's there. He's always there, just in case. But yeah, that was a yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, Jason, did you do you have any uh, thoughts about how your Dolphins did their first game? Uh, I thought they looked fine. I mean, I don't take much out of preseason, like you said. This is guys fighting for spots, so. You know, when I watch these things, I'm just looking for dudes to play hard, make plays. Where's the depth at? You know, and Miami, they're not in a position. It's not like KC. It's not like Kansas City. It's not like, well, maybe Buffalo this year is kind of the accept, an exception. But it's not like they've, they're an established, solid team that's been good for a few years where they're like, have their starting lineup and now they're starting to produce depth. Like they're not quite there yet. So they, (laughs) they're still in that point where they're a good team, but really one injury away from being not so great. And I, we, we know what that, that main injury is. Yeah. That, (laughs) which I mean, think of that squad's good. That squad was good enough to still get into the playoffs in a strong AFC without Tua for most of that season. So it just, I I like their chances to, to make a deep run and play well, but the depth does worry me a little bit. And that's where you start. That's where you can look at a score. I forget what the score was, but uh, I think it was 19 to three. Yeah. It just, yeah. uh, Oh yeah. That means nothing. Game one of the three seasons. I mean, (laughs) the score means nothing, but yeah, it, it yeah. does like the score itself means nothing, but the fact that they couldn't score a touchdown, the fact, you know, like those kinds of things are indicative in the preseason of where you where's your depth at that like to, and to my point, you know, you, Kansas city is a good example. 
Baltimore is another great example of that of a team that always has depth. They they and like I think they've won their twenty fourth straight preseason game or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous something like that. Twenty three or twenty four. Because yeah. they're always a deep team and they're a well run franchise. Like they have such a high floor, you know, that even like when Lamar Jackson doesn't play most of the year, they still have a decent season. Like they were still able to yeah. win some games. Huntley's so good. So yeah, exactly. So uh, Miami's not there yet, but I think a good season this year, keep everybody healthy, build on that success next year. And then we can get to the point where we're starting to draft for depth and not for playmakers. And that uh, I'll be happy when that happens, but yeah. So that's what Mm -hmm. I'm getting out of their preseason right now. Just stay the course until December when Jalen Ramsey hopefully can come back and you guys, you know, can make an even bigger push on defense, you know, like And that defense is pretty good. That defense was already pretty yeah. good when they got Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So yeah. they don't necessarily need him to be, you know, they don't need him around just to be a just so they can be a good defense. They already have one. Like the, he was kind of the guy that was gonna put him over the top. So sure. they can, like, it sounds weird to say this, but they can sort of afford to let him rest rest him up and let him get right for the first half of the year. You mean rest up, like, physically or his mouth or which one? Yeah, well, whichever, <laughs> you know, whichever helps oh, you know him play best. Be yeah. he can't, if he's got to sit there, he's got to talk. Oh, so, yeah. Which I can't wait to hear what he says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking of the young guys, uh, these two – Definitely not fighting for a job, but the first look, uh, C.J. Stroud in Houston, uh, two for four, 13 yards and a pick. Uh, I think he only played one series, so not the strongest debut, but uh, and then uh, 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 Bryce Young, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Like, Is there a glitch in the matrix? What just happened? <laughs> uh, four, four for six for 21 yards. I believe he also only played one series. Uh, and then uh, Richardson in Indy. Yeah. Uh, seven for 12, 67 yards and a pick. So, again, uh, the three top uh, drafted quarterbacks, uh, very, very, very early in their careers. I don't know if there's a whole lot you can gain from that, especially when uh, with only one series. But uh, did you guys see anything from those three that concerned you or... Uh, I could tell you they're all rookies. You or... <laughs> yeah. They looked like yep. rookies. Like they looked like dudes who, well, they looked like today rookies of today's era of football. Like dudes who are, in my opinion, maybe drafted a year too early. That they're looking to groom, and inevitably, inevitably these guys are going to get thrown in too soon. You know and. It's going to ruin their careers. So, uh, yeah, most likely Richardson because the Colts Colts stuff. So it's unfortunate, like, in those kinds of situations. I think a guy like – but I think there's good situations too. I think Bryce Young's 
situation in Carolina is set up for him to succeed as long as he, you know, does the work and mm-hmm. is has the talent, you know, it has everything that everybody expects him to become. Like as long as he can do that, I think he'll be fine in his situation. Houston, I don't know. I don't know. I need to see that coaching staff win some games before I believe they can groom a quarterback. I, I, I can't say that they can yet. Uh, Will Levis has an interesting situation getting falling down in the draft of Tennessee. I think he's in a pretty good position to succeed as long as they're patient with him. So there's some things, but like, yeah, none of them really stood out with like, oh, that guy didn't look like a rookie. You know, none of, nobody did that. Well, Levis had a chance to not look like a rookie, but he biffed it on two of those yeah. last two plays. But again, it's your first game. You're there's nerves and everything going on. So I mean, I uh, I'd, I'd say none of them even looked as good as Kenny Pickett did last year. Just throw oh, that yeah, out there for sure, for sure. Uh, but Kenny Pickett was a four-year starter, I think, too. So true that. Um, again, learning the ropes a little bit more helps to stay in college sometimes a year mm-hmm. too longer. Like yeah, I think if you, like you said, Bryce Young is up in a pretty good spot to, spot to succeed. So I don't have a problem with that. CJ Stroud. I mean, anyone goes to Texans, you're going to the Texans. I mean, it's, it's always going to be an uphill battle. I feel like until they can prove us wrong. So right, yeah, I, and prove like, us wrong. Those, that new coaching staff, you know, like people are talking about him, but yeah, Big uh, Ryan's. Yeah, and sure, but he's a defensive coach, and yep. and I haven't seen that staff win any games. So to give yeah. a, a oh man, to give a that's a risky – maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Is that it's a risky play giving, like, a new coaching staff a rookie quarterback. Oof, man. Yeah. It's more of a Davis Mills, you put him in just because, like, you know, type <laughs> of situation. That's what I was saying last year already, before the Davis draft. Davis Mills did I was not like, look Dude, bad last they No, he should, doesn't. They should, they should skip the quarterback and take Davis Mills. And then they go up and get two – what is it, two top three picks? They get the second yeah, and the third got- pick. Anderson Jr. too is amazing, which so, is I mean, great. But yeah, if they but that's pick, defense. right? They pick. <laughs> well, no, I like the Anderson pick a lot, but I'm oh, just yeah, wondering yeah. if they should, yes. oh, yeah, they should yeah, have yeah. skipped CJ. Yes, they should have skipped CJ Stroud and picked somebody else and have Davis mm-hmm. Mills play, and maybe take like uh, oh, there were a couple cornerbacks. I, I, the names escape me now. The draft was months or ago, just but the like, millions of the millions of great receivers. They yeah. need people to catch those balls. Mm-hmm. Get some good receivers. There's so many up there. In yeah, the I mean, look at what Skylar Thomas was able to do in Miami with <laughs> with uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill just in that playoff game. Like Skylar mm-hmm. Thomas didn't even look good, and as long as he was, uh, but but he was good enough to every once in a while get that ball to one of his playmakers and then they could make a play and they were in that game the whole time. So I mean you telling me Davis Mills can't do the same thing? I don't know, man. It's <laughs> I think well, he's got to, a better shot at it than CJ Stroud does this year, you know. To 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 your point, Jason, if they take say they take one of the top receivers or another top defensive guy they're still going to be bad this year. They're still yeah. going to be in play for Caleb Williams next sure. next year, or at least bad enough. Like, I, I mean, I think personally they could maybe win six games with Davis Mills. Like, they might not be the worst, but they'd be in a position to maybe, like, they'd have a draft pick good enough 
where they could consider trading up to try to get a Caleb Williams or something like that instead of, yeah. you know, just being terrible. Like they could have won some games and still had a chance to get their guy the next year. Maybe this will work out, but I just don't think it's a it's a very good situation for CJ Stroud. Well, yeah, I I I agree. I I think I think if you're Houston, the way to do it, which they're not going to do, but is you play you play Davis Mills for the first Until eight games or mm-hmm. whatever, or even sit uh, CJ Stroud the whole year, let him learn a little bit bring in some more talent to surround him. And then next year you can go full bore. I don't know. I, I agree with you guys. I think it's a risky move starting CJ Stroud from week one, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's not my call. So yeah, yeah I just hope they um, don't David Carr him and, or uh, Derek Carr. No. Derek's yeah. the current one. David's Any the of the cars one. really got screwed. No matter what, you know, it doesn't matter what car yeah. you were. <laughs> Do first you... one was the first draft pick ever. The Houston Texans, where did that get him? That is his title. Just... The first draft pick yeah. of all time by the Houston Texans. Yeah. That's it. Dude, like, at least Derek Carr, like, had guys he could throw to over the years and stuff like that. And he, at least he's he's getting a Andre chance Johnson to go. Mode. Right, David. Is? Yes, Dude, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. He had Andre Johnson. He could lob the ball to uh, three out of every four downs because his offensive line was so bad that like yeah. he couldn't even drop back. Man, like yeah. Andre well, he Johnson could, but then he just lay down on the ground because he already <laughs> right. He just could push down before he even got to his drop back. Andre Johnson just caught a th- hundred balls a year because like Derek he Carr was to. lobbing him up. <laughs> like, you're literally the only guy it's i have to throw ball. to so every time somebody's yes. about to hit me i'm just gonna throw it where you're supposed to be and if you're <laughs> there you better catch it just please grab it. <laughs> like that's please right while he's getting sacked like 40 sometimes a year no he got sacked like year. 70 times one year 70 no. times it was, it was, it was, it was 70, 70, 70 i would say I 60 something yeah, let's look it up right now. It's it's somewhere in between. I, I want to say sixty nine or higher. I I want to say it was seventy three. How many times was David Carr sacked in his career? According to Stat Muse, he was sacked seventy six. Seventy six. Two hundred and sixty seven <laughs> times. Yeah, seventy six in, in ninety four games. Yes. Over 94 <laughs> games, he nearly averaged three sacks a game. And he yeah. barely played his last four years. You're right. 76 sacks his rookie year. <laughs> and then he had 68 he had three years later. Two years later. <laughs> yeah, see? So, oh, my I mean, God. That is, that's tough. That poor man. That poor man. Well, let's see. Let me just do a quick maths here. 444 divided by 76 is 5.8. Every six times he dropped back, he got sacked. Wow. So every, like, basically, like, every other or every third possession, he took a sack. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) That is ridiculous. My oh, God! Again, these teams—they 
they have to think about that stuff because these young quarterbacks, if you can't protect them, we've seen what happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, good luck to the the young guys. A couple of running back notes I wanted to mention before we uh, get going. Off the wire. Off the wire. uh, Dalvin Cook signing a one-year deal with the Jets. That was uh, kind of a hidden secret out there, but yeah, it was like then, an on again, off again thing. Like, oh, yeah. they, are, will they? Won't they? It was like an eight day delay. Mm-hmm. He got there last <laughs> Sunday, and he's like, "Um, uh, okay, surprise! Did I tell you guys? I'm gonna go there." Oh, didn't you get my <laughs> text? Oh, oh, oh I never pressed. I never hit send. Oh, it's my oh. bad. <laughs> silly, silly Dalvin. <laughs> oh, that's uh, Dalvin always clowning. <laughs> Always oh, not at ten. So Aaron Aaron <laughs> Rodgers gets another toy to play with this year. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. And then the other one, uh, Zeke Elliott joining the Patriots on a one-year deal. A uh, little bit of a surprise there. I like yeah. it. I like it. I I like it for both both parties, but I I think uh, it stabilizes their offense, like. They're, yep. I don't think they're going to be – I still don't think they're going to be very good. But to me, like, this raises them from a team that I have no confidence in <laughs> to a team that, like, oh, okay. Well, if I'm fighting for a wild card spot, I wouldn't want to go up to New England in December. Like, yeah. that sounds like it would suck with Zeke Elliott getting 30 touches. be <laughs> pounding up the middle in the middle of winter. Nah. That doesn't sound fun. So, like, that kind of – and it gives – takes a little pressure. I mean, this is all assuming we're getting the Zeke Elliott we expect. You know, yes, he might come out and that. just, like, have sand in his feet. We don't know. But we don't really have a reason to think that he will. So, I just – I th- and it takes some pressure off Mac Jones. It gives him somebody reliable and uh, a known quantity to hand the ball off to. And I know well, New we'll, England we'll is see. known for their – unknown quantities at running back but hey bill belichick knows how to use a curtis martin he knows how to use a bell cow running back so i think this i think this is a good pickup for the patriots i i was gonna say assuming mac jones is their starter i mean (laughs) yeah fair (laughs) there's something going on up there because cunningham done about You watched that game? Did anyone watch the preseason Patriots game? I, I see from the stats that uh, Mac Jones did I watched not play. <laughs> did you see what their third string quarterback did? I know he's third string, but man, he looked like uh, he was a kid, a college kid playing against Pee Wee football at the league <laughs> half the time. He did the throat amazing, or he just run around right, like it was like play, play the like cue the Benny Hill music. Like can't catch me, but I was like, holy cow, who's this guy? Like, and Bailey Zappi looked better than Matt Jones. So I'm like, there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways they can go up there. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Bomb Taney, this new quarterback, number twenty one, shows up. <laughs> Bomb Trainy, Trady. <laughs> Get it? Never mind. Bad joke. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention about uh, what you saw over the weekend or anything else that we got to talk about before we sign off? 
Well, uh, there was Team USA uh, played Spain in an exhibition over in Andalusia. Um, beating uh, the Spanish team by 10. Interesting game. It, it, it's weird. It's like, Team USA, okay. And their squad is like Jalen Brunson, Brandon Ingram, Bobby, Bobby Portis. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's like Jalen Jackson yep. Jr. And it's like, okay, I see what they're doing. Yep, it's a bunch of young, explosive, athletic dudes. And like, I like it. I like this team's uh, composition. Like, I don't, I should have looked it up, but uh, whoever put this team together, chef's kiss. Like, (laughs) you don't need to, this, like, the whole thing is like the, the days of the quote dream team are long gone for a couple of reasons. One, like those guys don't want to do these things anymore. For they whatever can. reason, they can. There's no reason LeBron James couldn't be on Team USA. I'm sure they asked. Well, him, they just they you know. just don't want to play basketball, you know, year round anymore. I think it's just like they want that. They want that break, especially James, LeBron James when he's like 94 years old. He just <laughs> probably doesn't want to do it. Anymore. Sure, but like I, he's still out playing church ball. He's still playing. Like he's practicing and doing the things. What would be sure, the harm sure. in him to fly over to Spain and play a game with all his with all his buddies? The Lakers you know? losing a lot of money is what would happen. <laughs> even over the True. Game, so I mean, well, that's, that's part. Reason. Well, that's part of it. Like back when we had Dream Team, it was like, yes, go play, go be and the. Didn't care. And no. it was like, go display to the world what USA basketball truly is, and then we did, and destroyed absolutely. <laughs> dominated like it Everybody. wasn't even we flexed so hard in 1992 yes. dude like that was God. crazy it's not i owned all the merch just because you had to is every mm-hmm. superstar you ever wanted on that yeah, team i had the weedies and then boxes. christian slater yeah. and christian later yeah uh, oh, yeah, switch later. That's the one on ball, but yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, because they wanted to have one college kid, so they picked Christian later. Yeah, not they went over Shaq. They picked later. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, like nowadays, the I mean, for one, those dudes, those uh, those, and age, I guess, being part of it, but like those dudes aren't playing in these things. They just not. You're not seeing uh, uh, what's his name from the Grizzlies? Spacing, um. The shooting guard from the Grizzlies. John Morant? John Morant. You're oh, not going to see John yeah. Morant do this even though he's like the best shooting guard. Like he's not going to do these things. It's just not how these players, they don't want to play if they're not getting paid and all that. So to, but on the, also you don't need a dream team anymore. American basketball is the best brand of basketball there is. And so instead of being like, this is like doing a showcase of like, look at all our Lamborghinis, you know, we're just like, oh, dude, we've got some of the most efficient, athletic, talented basketball players in the world. We're not even going to bring LeBron James. We're just going to bring all this young talent and we're going to bring it over to Spain and they're going to take Spain is going to take their 12 best basketball players that they can find and we're all these third year guys are just gonna smoke them and they didn't smoke them smoke them they won by 10 but it was a strong win like they looked good so and it's just 
man, is anybody ever going to take America over for basketball? Probably not. And Spain's a really good team. Spain is, has had a fantastic basketball industry for decades I, now. I still remember the 2008 uh, Olympic championship game where uh, I think it was it was early in the morning. I know I was watching it live and they could have been in trouble. And then Kobe kind of took the reins and yeah, Kobe wasn't going to let something like again, that happen. But... No. no way. Well, there's actually too many people in that team. Was not, you know, like <laughs> there's a lot of not just Kobe's, but a lot of people would be like, "Give me that Brock yeah, right now! I'll yeah. take care of this right yeah. now." You know, like yeah, that mentality. But yeah, it, that was a scare for sure. Yes, it was. But yeah, that's All something right. I checked out over the weekend. That uh... yeah, I I I did I did see some of the highlights of that, and yeah, I I like you said, Jason, I like the makeup of that team. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. That's a strong club. I, I feel like that, that I don't know. I should have looked it up, but like, I feel like coach K has his fingers all over this. Uh, coach uh, Mike Krzyzewski, formerly uh, Duke basketball head coach. For those who don't know, uh, traditionally, really, coach, Jason. no, <laughs> yeah, not for you guys, for the, for the, for the yeah. listeners, like, yeah, Coach, Coach K, K coached Team USA for years. Yep. And uh, I think Jim Beheim was with him too. So it would make sense. Oh, Steve Kerr is coaching it right now. Uh, and I believe he was on like an assistant for Coach K for Team USA when Coach K was coaching. So it's got that that uh, high IQ basketball roster makeup going on it's so good i love it it's like what coach k would it's like the team coach k would get if he could draft if he could literally not figuratively if he could literally draft (laughs) basketball players because i know they pay him and all that but like everybody's paying out he doesn't literally get everybody he wants Mm, so it's just so if he could literally like handpick a college team and then train and then have them in his in, on his team for four years this is the, the current team usa would be what comes up of it, it would, it's just a bunch of really good basketball players look at the way brandon ingram looks so good oh my god i'm so happy about the way brandon ingram is playing these days i don't know if you guys know but he's been killing it i think he did he make an all-star game last year or was it the year before I believe it was might have been the year before. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, I think it was the year before. But he looked real strong uh, playing for Team USA. Looked like he like a bigger, older version of watching Duke. So it's uh, yeah, that was fun. Yep. Nice. All right, so we'll uh, keep an eye on that. It looks like the uh, the FIBA tournament starts. Uh, August 26th is the U.S. first uh, official game, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, keep uh, you updated on baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll have uh, fi- figure out what happens uh, in the semifinals of the World Cup. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a preview for uh start talking about the college football season Mm -hmm. a few weeks away 
there. Four football? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Double football. <laughs> Double football. Triple football for a week. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure some other stuff will come up, so we'll keep you updated there. Uh, but I think we're going to sign off for the week. Yes, sir. And we will talk to you guys next week. Yes. Yes, we will. Thank you for listening, everybody. Go check us out at walnutsportsnetwork.com. We've got more columns. We've got some Brewer stuff out there. UFC columns still coming. Go check out the shop. Check us out on Twitter at WSN Weekly. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night, guys. Take care, everybody.